Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. On this day, we remember 18 years ago, 9-11. Do you remember where you were when you first saw or heard the news? Well, I remember I was in Dodge City, Kansas, getting ready to do a broadcast that day, and I remember coming down from my hotel room and as I was getting some breakfast, noticing the TV in the hotel lobby and started seeing the images, but really didn't quite yet know or understand or comprehend what was going on. I remember going on the air that morning and still really not knowing. Then as the details started coming in, the information started coming in, I had a long drive later that day home, and it just I just remember the eerie silence. Obviously, no planes were flying, and just an eerie silence and, and shock that had set in over what had happened 18 years ago, as we remember and uh, keep those that were touched by that and had lost loved ones, we keep them in our prayers. Well, on our program today, we're going to talk a lot of trade. Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation, Brian Keel, Co-Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade, and Maria Ziba, Director of International Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council, all will join us. We'll talk primarily about um, efforts to get USMCA passed, but we'll also talk some other trade issues as well, all that coming up on today's program. But we're going to start things off with the administrator of the Farm Service Agency, Richard Fordyce, joins us. Richard, thank you for being with us. I think, are you in Detroit today? I am in Detroit today, Mike, yes. Hey, do you remember where you were 18 years ago when you heard the news? You know, I do. I, I was, a, at that time, was a member of uh, our, our state ag leadership program, and we were scheduled to fly to Washington um, on September the 12th, and I was on a tractor when my wife came out and told me that uh, her mom had called her and, um, and said that, you know, that we, we had been attacked. Um, and I remember shutting the tractor off and going into the house and turning on the TV and spent the entire day and probably most of the next day just, um, just trying to absorb what had happened. Yeah, it, as many of us did, and it's just um, one of those moments that uh, for those of us old enough to remember, we'll always remember where we were when we got that news and uh, what took place that day and the days after. All right, Richard, I uh, want to get uh, information that's uh, starting to come out now. You're announcing some of the information about the disaster aid package. This is called WIP+. Plus. Uh, farmers who lost crops to hurricanes, wildfires, and other disasters in 2018 will receive 100% of their uh, intended payments. Losses for 2019 will be covered at 50%. Tell us about that. Right. So, um, so, so the whole idea behind the 100% and, and, an, and an initial 50% kind of has to do with uh, the producers that experienced losses um, uh, through storms in 2018. In some cases, that's been almost a year. Um, we do know the we do know the universe of what that is. You know those storms have come through, damage has been assessed, um, and so so the idea behind the 100% for 18 losses is kind of based on that. In 2019, 
uh, this, this legislation and the funding for this uh, supplemental disaster bill uh, is, is what it said is for 18 and 19 um, disasters. So, so initial 50% for those experiencing losses in 2019. And once we get through 2019 and we know what that universe is uh, of, of, of damage and exposure, um, you know, then we'll make that second payment. And um, depending on what's left of that funding, you know, it, 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 it's possible or maybe even probable that that, re- that remaining 50% payment would be made at that point. The cap, the total cost of the program is $3.1 billion, is that correct? That's right. It is. It's um, just a little over $3 billion. Um, actually, it's $3.01 billion. Um, and so, you know, Congress, uh, I know, deliberated on this for, for some time. Um, and as, you know, as that deliberation was happening, you know, we had additional uh, activity across the country. And so in this in this uh, uh, Supplemental Disaster Relief Act of 2019, there was also language added that covered prevent plants, and there was language added to cover on-farm stored commodities and some other things that were really the result of some early spring storms, um, you know, in 2019. And so we announced sign-up, and sign-up uh, begins today for some components, but not all of the components of this of this legislation. So the WIP Plus, so all of those activities um, that are around the WIP, uh, very similar to WIP 2017 wildfire and hurricane indemnity program, the milk loss program. So if we had milk uh, dairy producers that, for whatever reason, the storm uh, resulted in an inability for their milk to get picked up. Um, or or um, or was damaged in some way. There is a there's a provision in there for milk loss. The on-farm stored commodity piece is also available for sign up. And then uh, I, I, we haven't talked too much about it, but it's a retroactive 2017 WIP opportunity for producers that's limited to producers of blueberries and peaches um, that were lost due to freeze or exceptionally cold weather um, in it, uh, back in 2017. So they can go back retroactively um, and pick, those, pick up those, uh, uh, that recovery from those losses for peaches and blueberries in 2017. The prevent plant language, you don't have all that yet. Will that be coming anytime soon? You know, it, you know it will, Mike. Um, it's coming soon, and, and that's one of the things I think that that your listeners and and the, and the message we're trying to get out is, you know, we really don't want producers coming into the local FSA office um, to participate on the um, on the prevent plant piece for this year, primarily because um, the final uh, language isn't isn't completed. They're not going to be able to sign up for that um, at this point, so. Um, but that announcement will be coming very soon as to, as to how that will all be done. All right, but for the rest of it, they can start signing up today. Yes, absolutely. Um, yep, the WIP, the WIP, plus, um, WIP Plus, the On-Farm Stored Commodity uh, Milk Loss Program, and that retroactive uh, WIP 2017 for peaches and blueberries. All of that is available for sign up, uh, sign up today uh, across the country. You know, we just uh, we'd ask that producers go into their local farm service agency office and inquire and, and initiate that application. 
There's also a lot of information um, on this, uh, on all of these different aspects of the Supplemental Disaster Act of 2019 at farmers.gov. Um, and, and we will continue to add information to the farmers.gov website as it becomes available. It's, that is, that's a good, that's a good resource for producers um, to go to and, and uh, keep up on, on the latest as it, re- as it relates to this program and a whole bunch of others. All right, Richard, thank you for your time. Thanks for being with us and giving us uh, the information. We appreciate it. All right, Mike, always good to talk with you. Take care. FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce with information on the disaster aid uh, package. All right, coming up next, we talk trade with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Stay with us on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, always enjoy talking with former Secretary of Agriculture, now President and CEO of Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack, who joins us now. Well, let's talk about some trade issues. We have a uh, deal with Japan, although we don't have the details. It's not formalized. What's in it for dairy that uh, you're happy about, excited about? Well, Mike, I think we have to be a little bit cautious about this because, as they say in the trade world, unless everything's agreed to, nothing is agreed to. I think there are still some very significant uh, work that has to be done between the Japanese and the United States. But I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that by the end of this month, President Trump and Prime Minister Abe can uh, make an announcement that hopefully will level the playing field for U.S. dairy in Japan. It's our, always one of our top five markets. I just got back from a visit in Japan. There is tremendous opportunity on both the cheese and ingredients side in that country. But we are currently at a disadvantage to our EU and New Zealand competitors because they have free trade agreements. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95... I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 
800-664-2612. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Ag groups are in Washington, D.C. this week uh, to put on a full-court press uh, on members of Congress to try to get USMCA passed. Let's talk about it with Dave Salmonson, Senior Director of Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dave, thanks for joining us. Uh, This is the big push now, right? August recess uh, behind us and uh, really trying to get uh, this up for a vote this year. It sure is. We're uh, doing a lot of events. Uh, you talked about the, a lot of groups uh, flying in, a lot of our State Farm Bureau organizations in this week, other groups. We're having this rally uh, on Thursday uh, on the mall in the site of the Capitol, uh, having all kinds of folks there. Big reminder, uh, if anybody forgot over the long recess, that this is an important issue for uh, U.S. agriculture, a critical issue. We want to get it done as soon as possible. So, Really, uh, a really good kickoff to the effort this fall to uh, move this along. Of course, we've got a ways to go. We have uh, still have to get the uh, House Democrats and the administration to come agreement on a few issues and get that implementing bill uh, sent to Congress so they actually have something to vote on. So lots of work to be done. We get mixed signals. We hear a lot of people say they think there are votes there to pass it, but it has to come up for a vote. But we also hear some others in the Democratic Party on the House side saying this could go into next year, uh, that it might have to be rewritten or redone, in their opinion. Uh, What are you hearing? Well, I think there's a bit of uh, negotiating uh, back-and-forth talk going on there. You know, people have these issues that they want to include in the implementing bill on the Democratic side. They want some uh, better enforcement language from their point of view, some issues with labor and environment provisions, the uh, drug pricing issue. So there's two things going on here. One, there's the pressure, maybe some increasing pressure, on the negotiations themselves that are going on between administration and the House on issues. And then there's the effort to uh, corral the votes uh, and get it set up so when the bill does come up, which I'm very certain it will, uh, it can get through a fairly speedy passage. You know, I think once the leadership has signed off on it and it goes to the floor, I think we will have the votes uh, necessary if we've done the prep work properly uh, to move this along. So uh, a couple different efforts happening at once, and so people are saying a few different things. Nancy Pelosi says she wants to see it passed. Um, Colin Peterson's in favor of it, so that's uh, some strong Democratic support there. Um, But uh, Rosa DeLauro and others have not been as optimistic. So do you think there's a a big split in the Democratic side, or do you think uh, there is overall enough support to get it through? I, I don't think there's a big split. I think there's still discussion of these hard issues. I think that's that's what's going on. People are uh, wanting to uh, keep pushing the administration, keep that negotiation process going uh, to see how much they can get and what can be worked out. So, you know, that, that's where I, I think this is going on. And, of course, uh, Speaker Pelosi has to look to her entire caucus. You know, they don't usually the majority does uh, not like to take bills to the floor unless they know that uh, their side, their party, is in favor of it. Um, so she's trying to make sure that her 
entire negotiating team, all nine members on that, are in a good place. They will have a lot of influence with the overall uh, Democratic caucus in the House. And so I think this negotiating process with the administration on these issues is going to go on until until there's enough satisfaction there that they've come to a good result and will get uh, good support in the uh, Democratic side of the House. We're talking with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Let's switch now to China and looking ahead to the next round of talks there. There seems to be some back and forth going on. And again, the purchase of ag products being talked about. Well, yes, it is. That's always a part of it. And now we're hearing, um, you know, no specific date, but uh, October. Let's hope earlier than later. But that seems to be what's being said now. Of course, that's where are we, the date. So that's only a a few weeks away. Um, and purchases come up. It's always a part of the discussion. Um, purchases of product, the reduction of the tariffs, and the other structural issues that we always talk about, the forced technology transfer and intellectual property protection, cybersecurity. I mean, these are hard, long-term issues. But uh, we hope that the front of the line, uh, they're talking about uh, getting back to some purchases from China and uh, trying to reduce these tariffs on both sides. So uh, uh, we're certainly pushing to have those issues dealt with right away. Meanwhile, it's in the news that uh, China is working with Argentina to uh, do some business for uh, soybeans. Uh, is, is that a sign of uh, they're moving on without us or just protecting themselves? Or, or does it tell us uh, how big the need might be there and concerns they have about uh, meeting their uh, soybean import needs? Well, it, it could be all of those things, couldn't it? I mean, they have a relationship there. They, of course, buy, buy and now they're buying almost all of Brazil's crop. They've dealt with Argentina in the past. Uh, they may be looking to source more there, given the current situation. Um, that certainly all becomes part of the discussion uh, as they go into these negotiations. But Certainly, I think China is looking for other sources of, uh, of product. Uh, we in agriculture in the U.S., we want to bring them back for us being the source. Uh, hopefully, we can get past some of these obstacles. Uh, we can get back to a more normal trading environment. But as everybody asks, and uh, we still don't have an answer to that yet, is the when. You know, when is all this going to happen? Uh, we're certainly looking forward to, we hope, robust and uh, serious talks. Um, that will get started uh, at least formally in October. And we know there's discussion back and forth before that. It's not like they're not talking and they're not planning. Uh, we just hope when they do start the talks, uh, everybody wants to have decisions come uh, sooner rather than later. And how close are we to getting the final deal done with Japan? Well, you know, there's also discussion going on there. All the talk has been that there will be a deal Expected to be signed. I haven't heard those expectations dimmed at all. Uh, I guess that would be two weeks from now or so uh, in uh, New York City at the U.N. General Assembly meetings when both President Trump and Prime Minister Abe of Japan will be in attendance. So that's a uh, very natural time uh, where they could sign the deal. It was at that same meeting uh, last year uh, when they both issued a statement uh, saying they wanted to begin the talks to get here. So let's uh, look forward to getting that wrapped up and get some of the details ironed out. From what we're hearing, I think they pretty much know what they're going to do on agriculture, that U.S. Uh, would getting back to some of the access 
that we had in the original TPP agreement. Basically, we'd be getting the same tariff reductions and would be put in at the same tariff rates as the other TPP countries have now with Japan and the European Union, who also has a trade agreement with Japan. So we wouldn't be behind that. Uh, there's always issues um, with autos, and I think there's still some discussion about auto tariffs going on. Um, but looking forward to having that done. You know, that has to go through the Japanese parliament. Uh, it doesn't have to go through our Congress, but from the Japanese side, they're doing a lot more, so they have to get that through. And the expectation, all this happens, that this could go into effect January 1st of 2020. Wow. So, but it's not a done deal until it's signed, right? And it's not done till it's done. So I know people are, uh, I'm sure they're still working hard at it uh, until the very end here. All right. So a lot going on with trade, and, well, we've been saying that for some time now, but maybe we're getting closer to some resolution on this. You mentioned there's going to be a big rally on the, uh, on the National Mall tomorrow there in Washington, D.C. to promote USMCA, right? Yes, there is. Uh, lots of uh, groups, uh, several other groups in there. Um, Farmers for Free Trade is uh, helping organize all kinds of other ag groups in town, several congressmen uh, coming to speak. Uh, so we're going to have a, a good event. Again, all part of charging up the momentum and bringing attention to this issue and uh, making sure that the entire Congress knows that we're still here and fighting to get this done as soon as we can. All right, Dave. Thanks for the update. Okay, anytime. Take care. Dave Salmonson, Senior Director of Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. He talked about that big rally that's planned for tomorrow on the National Mall. Brian Keel, Co-Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade, will be joining us next, and uh, he'll tell us more about that rally that will be going on tomorrow. As I mentioned, a lot of ag groups have people flying in, have their members flying into Washington, D.C. this week, and really putting a push on to uh, get members of Congress to support and back uh, passage of USMCA and the ag groups there to, to show the importance of this issue to agriculture and uh, the urgency of getting it passed. A little later in the program, we'll talk with Maria Ziba, Director of International Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council, and get the pork industry's perspective on USMCA and why it is so important to get it passed. So lots going on right now with trade, and uh, we'll keep you up to date. So stay with us. Up next, Brian Keel with Farmers for Free Trade here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it, but only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. 
From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. A relaxation of higher Chinese tariffs on certain U.S. goods ahead of a new round of trade talks next month, including alfalfa meal, not energizing the trade. In fact, hog futures trending sharply lower on this Wednesday. For the granite oil seed sector, traders, of course, looking ahead to Thursday's WASDE report from USDA. Average trade guess on corn production, 13.614 billion bushels. Soybeans, 3.596. We'll see what USDA has to say on Thursday. November soybeans shot higher on Tuesday in a corrective bounce. New support forming at 851. On the upside, bean bulls face initial resistance, 879.5, the high from September 4th. An hour into the trading day, November soybeans at 865.5, down 6.5 cents. December corn down 4 at 357.5. Minneapolis spring wheat, December, up 3 quarters of a cent, 504.5. Chicago wheat, December. Down six and a quarter, four seventy six. Kansas City wheat December down five and a quarter, three ninety eight and a half. Live cattle futures trending higher. October up a dollar twenty seven at ninety seven forty two. December at one oh two sixty up a dollar thirty seven. Feeder cattle October contract two dollars seventeen cents higher per hundred weight at one thirty three twenty two. November one thirty two sixty up a dollar ninety. Lean hog futures, December contract down a dollar twenty at sixty fifty seven, February down a dollar thirty at sixty seven eighty five. On Wall Street, the Dow up thirty six points, Nasdaq up thirty two, S P up six, October crude oil in New York up nineteen cents, fifty seven fifty nine. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmer. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. 
Well, as I mentioned, a lot of ag groups have uh, members in Washington, D.C. this week to push for passage of USMCA. And as we mentioned, there will be a big rally on the National Mall tomorrow. Let's talk about it now with the co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade, Brian Keel. Brian, thanks for joining us. Tell us about the big event tomorrow. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. Uh, yeah, we're very excited. A lot of good energy. Uh, we have a rally that we're going to have on the Capitol Mall, so the uh, the green space right in front of the Capitol or just down the hill from the Capitol. Uh, it'll be starting at 9.30 in the morning and go till about 10.30. So if any of your listeners are going to be in D.C., we encourage them to come by. We'll have the RV parked on the mall. This is the RV that we've driven 20,000 miles around the United States holding events uh, in support of USMCA. So that RV has made its way back to D.C. and will be the backdrop for the uh, for the rally. And then we have quite a number of members of Congress, from uh, chair of the House uh, Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, a Democrat, will be kicking off, followed by the ranking Republican on that committee, Mike Conaway. So really important to emphasize this is a bipartisan push for this bill. Uh, we have the, the uh, ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee, Representative Kevin Brady of Texas, will be there, as will Democrat uh, Henry, Henry Cuellar of Texas. So, again, good bipartisan list of speakers. Um, and we expect expect a good couple hundred people showing up uh, from uh, farmers all over the U.S. who are flying into town for this event. Meanwhile, I know a lot of meetings are going on as these uh, producers from across the country are in Washington, D.C., talking with members of Congress. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, it really, Congress, you know, was out of out on recess for the month of August, and they came back into session on Tuesday. And so a lot of farm groups, I know Illinois Farm Bureau, I believe Missouri Farm Bureau, maybe Texas Farm Bureau, as well as other uh, commodity organizations have flown farmers in for this week to really hit the hill and make an all-hands-on-deck push to try to get the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement passed through Congress. Which is important, isn't it, to show these members of Congress this is a, a very important issue to agriculture? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, USMCA, you know, as your listeners probably know by now, it builds on NAFTA. NAFTA was a great agreement for U.S. agriculture. USMCA modernizes that agreement, uh, brings it up to, to, the, to the current date, uh, adds in important provisions on things like e-commerce that didn't exist in 94 when NAFTA passed. Um, and, uh, and it's good for agriculture. It's a little bit better for dairy. It's a little bit better for our wine industry, a little bit better for grain. Uh, so so we, we really want to see this bill get through Congress. We're talking with Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. All right, Brian, so we, we hear a lot of people say they think there are the votes there to pass it, just got to get it up for a vote. But yet we hear some say that more has to be done. They're worried about the enforcement and some even saying that the, they have to go and do quite a bit of work and it might push it into next year for a vote. What are you hearing? Oh, well, I think I think we don't even want to talk about the prospect of pushing it into next year. I mean, next year's a presidential election. Uh, we need to get this done this year, 2019. There are issues that are outstanding, and, and really there are two that people are talking about, really. One is uh, enforceability of labor provisions, and the other is a small issue relating to drug pricing. And, you know, I know the White House specifically um, – uh, and uh, Lighthizer have been talking with uh, Speaker Pelosi and the lead Democrats, trying to work through those two issues, and and they don't seem that far apart. I, I have a hard time believing that those issues will trip this thing up. I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic we'll see this bill come to the floor in October 
or early November before Congress recesses. As you mentioned, bipartisan support, which is hard to get on anything anymore, but uh, it, this seems to be gathering that kind of support. It is. I mean, you know, I think it's important for people to remember, you know, Mexico and Canada are our two largest trading partners. I mean, they sit obviously just north and south of us, and, uh, and you know, huge amounts of U.S. ag products are exported to Mexico and Canada every year, every day. Um, so really important that we stabilize those trading relationships. Uh, it's especially important in the context of the larger trade war. I mean, farmers have really taken it on the chin with the tariffs on China, the tariffs on the EU. You know, originally there were tariffs on Canada and Mexico. All of that's really crippled ag. And, uh, and we see USMCA as a, as a piece of the puzzle that gets us back to normal. You know, get us back to the business of trade, get rid of a little bit of uncertainty, specifically with respect to Mexico and Canada, and then turn our attention to resolving these other trade disputes because they're, they're not good for agriculture. we we got to get, get back to the business of trade. Brian, is there enough support outside of agriculture to help push USMCA across the finish line? We think so. Uh, you know, the, the USMCA has better provisions for automobiles, and so the automobile manufacturers support this. In a lot of industries, I mentioned e-commerce, uh, it's better for e-commerce. And even, you know, with respect to, to unions and labor, uh, this, is, this agreement is better than NAFTA was. So, you know, when presented with the question of, well, is it everything you'd hoped for, you know, a lot of parties can say no, but is it better than what we have? I think most parties have to say yes. So, so we're hopeful people won't let the, the perfect be the enemy of the good and that they will move this thing forward. Well, your emphasis uh, this week is on USMCA, but I know you're also watching closely and discussing China and Japan, those trade issues as well. We are. You know, I mentioned the RV and the, the tour between April and, and uh, today. We've, we've driven that RV 20,000 miles through the Midwest, through California, the Southwest, the Rocky Mountains. And along that route, we've talked with you know, thousands of farmers. We've had farmer roundtables. We've met with members of Congress. We were at the uh, Iowa State Fair, Farm Progress, Minnesota Farm Fest. And as you travel and as we've traveled around the U.S. talking with farmers, it's abundantly clear how much farmers are hurting. Uh, You can see it in people's faces. You hear them talking about uh, their credit challenges. You hear them talking about uh, crop prices. It's, it's a really bad situation out there. I think all of your listeners know how, how much people are being squeezed. And we've we got to get this stuff turned around because we're, we're really talking about the future of agriculture right now, the ability of us to pass our, our farms, ranches, and ag businesses on to our kids. That's, that's really what's at stake with all of this. And I think especially important to get that message across there in Washington, D.C. Uh, the president made a comment recently about the, the, the payments that have gone out to uh, uh, making farmers whole. Well, I don't. I don't think any farmer feels that way. Uh, not any that I've talked to, anyway. That these payments have made them whole. I mean, it has certainly helped. Uh, but uh, getting these trade issues resolved would help more. Yeah, I mean, the payments certainly uh, help a little. They don't make people whole. I, I think a really important thing for people to recognize too is, you know, the payments are a one-time thing, or I guess this is the second time we've done it, but. The, the damage being done to our trading relationships is going to go on for a decade and more. Uh, that you know, while while we're sitting on the sidelines, 
Brazil's ramping up production. Australia's ramping up production. They're they're selling their products into countries and places where we used to sell our products. And once once trade disputes are resolved, things aren't going to go back to normal. We're going to U.S. Ag has lost its pole position, and, and we're going to be we're going to be recovering from this blow for for a decade. The news sounds encouraging on Japan. We don't have the deal signed yet, but it does sound encouraging. Yeah, I mean, certainly Japan is is, is an exciting market where we'd like to see uh, increased opportunity for exports. Uh, that's something that people have looked at for a long time. I I think the big question is going to be: Is the deal better than U.S. or better than TPP? Uh, as you'll recall, Trans-Pacific Partnership. There's 11 countries plus the U.S. that negotiated this deal, and that included Japan and Vietnam and other countries. And and that deal lowered tariffs and standardized trading relationships. President Trump pulled us out of the TPP his second day in office. Um, so since we've pulled out, those other countries have been moving forward. You know, they've got what they call the CPTPP, so that the 11 countries except the U.S. have been moving forward with their trade block. We've been on the sidelines. Now, it's good if we can get a deal with Japan, but it better be better than TPP. Otherwise, we could have just stayed in TPP and had the same outcome. So so that's that's the thing I think people should watch. Is, is this going to be a better deal than TPP and, and significantly better? If not, you know, we're happy to have it, but, but we could have gotten it uh, two years ago. And while people are hopeful with more talks, look like they'll be scheduled for next month with China. It's hard to get too excited based on what we've seen so far. Just because they're going to talk, uh, we need to see some results. That's right. And, you know, you hear you hear time and again, oh, you know, Japan is going to buy all of our corn was one of the recent statements. Well, I think I think everyone at this point has taken, taken everything with a grain of salt and saying, you know, show me, show me the proof because we heard that EU was going to buy a bunch of our soybeans. That didn't happen. We heard that Mexico was going to do a big ag purchase when uh, when when uh, we didn't put tariffs on them for immigration issues. That didn't happen. We've heard that China is going to do a big ag purchase, which we haven't seen yet. Uh, we now hear that Japan is going to buy a bunch of corn. I, I think a lot of farmers are kind of in a show me position. You know, I, I want to see not just the contract signed. I want to see not just the, the grain loaded on the barge. I, I want to see it delivered and payment received before I'll believe it. All right, Brian, thanks for being with us. Have a great rally tomorrow to get uh, the word out about USMCA. Good to talk with you. Thank you so much, Mike. Take care. All right. Brian Kiyoko, Executive Director of Farmers for Free Trade, and they're on the mall in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. They'll have that uh, big rally tomorrow morning to uh, promote the passage of USMCA. The National Pork Producers Council certainly working hard to get USMCA passed. We'll talk with Maria Ziva, Director of International Affairs for NPPC, about the importance of USMCA to the pork industry. That's next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, Manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Joining us now is the Chief Veterinarian for the National Pork Producers Council, Liz Wagstrom. Liz, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Mike. Could you give us an update? Uh, what is the, the situation with African swine fever in China and other countries in that part of the world? Uh, where are they with trying to get it under control? We continue to hear that China has ongoing ASF outbreaks. What we're hearing from the government may be a little different than what we're hearing from people who actually work in China. And then we've seen it spread throughout Southeast Asia. So Vietnam has been very transparent and, and talked about the spread of ASF throughout the entire country of Vietnam, and then it's spread to some of the other countries there in Southeast Asia and continues to have a slower spread but continues to kind of march through the Baltic countries and Eastern Europe as well. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very 
concern. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you, and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Agriculture pushing hard to get USMCA across the finish line. Meeting in Washington, D.C. this week to talk with members of Congress about the importance of the trade deal. Joining us now is the Director of International Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council, Maria Zeba. Maria, thank you for joining us. Uh, what are you telling members of Congress about why this is so important to the U.S. pork industry? Good morning, Mike. Um, this is very important to pass USMCA in the fall before they go out on winter break in January and it's really important because the Canadian and Mexican market purchases about 40% of our exports so we're heavily dependent on both Canada and Mexico for our pork. Does this deal, does USMCA improve what the pork industry had in, in trade under NAFTA or does it keep what we had? You know, it really secures long-term zero-tariff pork trade for North America. Uh, we, we already had zero duties or zero taxes into both Canada and Mexico, and just maintains that, and that's why we need to make sure that we pass USMCA as soon as possible so that our farmers can continue to enjoy the benefits of zero-duty trade into both Canada and Mexico. I would say with the turnout this week in Washington, D.C., my the ag community, uh, members of Congress will not be able to say they've not heard from uh, ag groups on this issue. Uh, They always say they want to hear. Well, they're hearing, right? We have over 100 producers alone from the pork industry that are in town um, from across the the United States, from California all the way to um, New York. So we're, we're really... Um, pushing hard on those members of Congress to do the right thing, to do what's right for agriculture, which is to pass USMCA and return that certainty for our producers. Very important to get it done this year, too, right? Get it up for a vote before we go into next year's presidential election year. Yes, we need to have a vote before December. Um, it's vital to do that. You know, everybody knows how political things get right before a presidential election, and we can't have this fall into next year just because 
of how contentious things will become um, before that November election. That's why it's really important for our producers, and that's why they've taken time out of their farms to come out to Washington, D.C., and lobby to pass USMCA. Other trade issues, China and Japan, uh, will you be talking with members of Congress about those issues as well? Well, we're really excited um, that there is an agreement that was reached in principle with the Japanese. Um, Japan is our largest export market. Um, last year, we, they purchased over $1.6 billion of pork and pork products, and um, the, this agreement would level that playing field and return us to to a place where we could compete with the, our, our biggest competitors, the European Union, Canada, Mexico, Chile. And on the China front, you know, we're still in a world of hurt. The Chinese retaliation is up to 72% on pork and pork products, and that hurts the bottom line of our producers. We are hurting at $8 an animal, and um, we're very patriotic, but $8 an animal has really hurt the bottom line of, of our farmers. Talks scheduled with uh, China again coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, are you hopeful? Are you hearing anything to make you think uh, what you're hearing on one side or the other that maybe at least something as far as ag purchases could be uh, worked out? Well, you know, I think it's so beneficial when they can sit down and, and talk about things. Uh, we're we're happy to see that they're having this conversation. Um, you know, a few months ago, things kind of uh, cooled off. So that's the worst-case scenario is when they're not talking. At least we can move forward and hope we can have a deal with the Chinese um, here soon. Um, I guess it's also important to just get across the uh, – make it known to those in, in Congress and at, in the administration that the payments that have been made so far have helped but they don't take the place of free and open trade and the importance of getting these uh, markets opened up to U.S. producers. That's correct. We really depend on those exports and, and having uh, the market access, and, and, and we are very happy that the administration has reached out to our producers and have the payments and are also having those purchases of pork products into food banks but it really, um, what we need is to have market access and to restore the market access that we've had in the past and that we've become dependent on. For our industry, we actually export more to the 20 countries with which we have a free trade agreement than to the rest of the world combined, and we need to make sure that we keep negotiating those trade agreements. Yeah, you, as you just pointed out, you've got the facts that shows the difference those agreements make. Yeah, for not just for pork, but for all of agriculture. We actually have a surplus with those countries with which we have a free trade agreement, and that's why it's so important to keep negotiating. And we've had some wins in the past, but, you know, it, we we're putting so much pressure out there, and uh, we need to see some, some, some things delivered. All right, Maria, good to talk with you, and hopefully we'll see some movement on USMCA. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Maria Ziba, Director of International Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. So as we said, uh, the ag groups are in town in Washington, D.C., uh, talking with members of Congress. There's going to be a big rally tomorrow. 
uh, at the mall, and we're going to get a report from that rally tomorrow here on AOA. And also going on today, a very important meeting at the White House with the biofuels industry as the administration continues to try to put together some package to address the biofuels industry's concerns over the small refinery exemptions that have been granted by EPA. And we'll talk about that with biofuel leaders tomorrow to see what comes out of this meeting, if they have any better idea what uh, the president is, uh, which way he's leaning and uh, what he may uh, propose in the package that we're still waiting to hear about. So lots going on right now. We'll keep you up to date right here on AOA. Have a great day, everyone. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today, 800-745-3327, 800-745-3327. 